hi folks. Uh, this week, we will be talking in our interview a little bit about um, uh, some injuries and breast cancer and a death in the family. So uh, there's your advisement there. That's your content warning. Yeah. The second thing to be aware of is we are in a house with cats. And dogs. And dogs. The chickens do not come inside. I don't care what people keep showing me photos of. Chickens do not come inside. Unless they're chicks who are staying in your studio. Those are chicks, not chickens. Uh-huh. There's a distinct difference. Yes, of course. They're not pullets or little roos at that point. Certainly not. Um, anyway, so so uh, animal noises happen sometimes loudly because Ernie doesn't have a volume knob. The final statement before we start is we swear a lot. And the thing is, we you say we swear a lot, and then I feel like frequently we do not live up to that standard of a lot. You know, it's okay. There it's, is potential to swear a lot. There is. Most likely there will only be moderate swearing and the occasional F-bomb. However, we have to mark the podcast explicit because there's a bunch of prudes at Google and Apple. Yes. So anyway, don't get your hopes up that it will just be a nonstop wall of profanity. I mean, for an extra $15 on my Kofi. <laughs> or for free, you can just interview Shepard one of these days. I'm going to interview Shepard one of these days. <laughs> Welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 145. We are five episodes away from my annual interview. I sat down and I plotted out uh, all the upcoming episodes yesterday so I could figure out what number this one was going to be. I figure it saves me some time to yeah, know yeah. when exactly I'm recording that so I can prep. I'm not going to prep. I'm totally going to prep. I don't know if I'm going to prep or not. I'm, I'm sensing some indecision. But it also showed me that next week I have an interview I've been waiting two years to be able to do and to share with you guys. Brooke Bolander's on next week. Ah, beautiful. And I'm really excited about that one because it was a fun interview. Absolutely hysterical. It was great. And I love talking to Brooke. And so uh, I'll be sharing that with you next week. This week, I've got a revisit with Reagan Earl in a little bit, and that was fascinating. Absolutely Yay! fascinating. So well, One of our favorite people. Yes, and we'll get to that uh, in a little bit. Before we get there, how has your week been? My week has actually been uh, pretty good compared to last week. I have gotten a lot of writing done. Um, I finally finished... Uh, for most of the month, I've been doing edits and rewrites on two different projects, and I wasn't doing any new writing. And finally, Monday, I sat down and was like, 1,800 words, let's knock it out. <laughs> and uh, and yesterday was like 1,100, and I think today was like 850 or whatever, but still getting that stuff done. And then it's like I sit down in the morning in the garden, I write my words, it's a lovely place to write, Uh which, you know, it's it's nice that uh, that 10 years <laughs> I've been spending right. on the garden has, has paid dividends. Uh, write the words, and then I'm usually spending the rest of the day gardening, or if I have to go out and run errands, I do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, fortunately, of course, I don't frequently have to do that. Uh, I did have to go to the hardware store today, and uh, that's always, you know... Fraught. Yeah, we're, we're all... Developing the hypervigilance about you are too close to me. 
And but, yeah. yeah. But uh, oh. got all that done and then went out today to Dog Skull and with Seed. Uh, our Seed order came in and we ordered... Um, seed order. Yeah. How many pounds was it? Uh, I think we have about 300 pounds thereabouts. Uh, and, and how heavy are those bags each? Well, I mean, 300 pounds divided into multiple bags because there's, there's variations because like I only ordered a pound of river oats because a pound of river oats costs like 50 or $60, but... Uh, they're not shy about spreading. Uh, no, they're not shy about spreading. And also it's a very light seed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, big blue stem, same way. It's a mm -hmm. grass seed. So, uh, you know, a, a pound of some of these represents an enormous amount of labor to collect and it will go on a, a very long way. So yeah, yeah, yeah. for those, you know, it's fine that it costs, you know, 50, 60 bucks a pound or whatever. Uh, the sheep pasture mix only costs like three bucks a pound, thankfully. And, you know, the riparian uh, mix, uh, I think, is that we're using for the edges of the, the property, I think, was like 30 bucks a pound. So were those 100-pound bags... No, those were okay. sixty pound bags. Okay. So we had two sixty pound I it was bags. Too easy to pick up to be a hundred pounds. No, yeah, yeah. No, they, this was two sixty pound bags of uh, sheep pasture mint grasses and oats as a cover crop, and basically we just mixed up one hundred and twenty pounds and walked around dog skull hand spreading it. And uh, this is very low tech. Yeah. And the reason we, I mean, lots of people would not do it this way for because they would want to put equipment through that does it all at once and gets it over with and then you're done. Right. Well, we... Uh, don't have that kind of money. We don't have the money for the equipment. Oh, uh, and we don't have the, the money to make it drivable quite yeah. like that because there's a lot of areas that are, you know, that have little knots of trees and things. So... We just do it the old-fashioned way, which is you get a cloth sack, you get a thing of weed, and you just walk around scattering seed by hand. And so we did like 120 pounds today, uh, and we did it today because it's going to rain fairly hard tonight and uh, soak it in. And then so in a week or two, we'll be able to see uh, how much where things have started to germinate, and then we can go back and uh, do some... Um, uh, cover, uh, yeah. use, use more to cover in, you know, areas that, that need covering. And, uh, we're adding to the seed bank. So even if everything doesn't germinate right away, it's in there. And some of these seeds can last a really long time waiting Which for optimal good. conditions. Yeah. And, and it's working. I mean, like we've been doing this off and on for a couple of months with various, you know, cool season grasses and clover. And now there are big swaths of green on dog skull. It's actually pretty cool. It's, it's really exciting. Uh, it's like way back in episode one, I think we talked yeah. about, or maybe two we talked about you know my big long-term goals and one of them was to restore dog skull and we are like this is making great strides mm -hmm. which is good because it's not cheap uh the kind of quantity <laughs> of seed you have to order like yeah okay 30 bucks a pound is a very reasonable price for that i needed 10 pounds of seed Ooh. okay yeah yeah okay the sheep pasture is much cheaper it's three bucks a pound that's great. I needed a hundred pounds of it. And so they, they came out to cost about the same is what you're saying. Uh, yeah. But I mean, all in all with shipping, I, I threw down nearly a thousand dollars on this and that's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's, this is not a 
this is my great passion project, but it's not like cheap. Uh, passion projects rarely are. Yeah, but you know, this is this is the thing I have been wanting and trying to do for years. Yeah. So being at the stage where I can actually start spreading seeds that are going to grow, that are the things we want to grow, there is actually remarkably exciting. And uh, it, it's it's been a lot of hard work. It's been almost three years, and I think oh, yeah, you're doing yeah. a, a phenomenal job with it. So yeah. that's great. Uh, so yeah, honestly, I've had I've had a pretty good week all around. I feel like things have been going well. How have you been? Well, uh, now that the stressors from last week are gone, and it required a lot of work because we had some interpersonal conflicts, and then. We had to rebalance how things get done around the house. Yeah, but domestic, you know, yeah, chores, chores, basically. So As I opposed to just people pitching in whenever they were, like, there and in the mood. So Because that usually meant one or two of us were doing a lot of the work, and it had to be balanced out. And so I spent a lot of time last week on that. You did, yeah. And it was, it was a little stressful, but now I'm starting to see some of the dividends. Um, I've also had to... Learning from my experience other places, uh, I have made what what would technically, in a business setting, be called an information radiator, a place where the information that it needs is readily available. Uh, I set up a Raspberry Pi with a, a web page that shows whose turn it is to do stuff in the next seven days. Yeah, who's cooking tonight, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's – actually, that was – uh, fun. It's like, oh, hey, I get to use this leftover pie, and hey, can I figure out how to do this and that? And so I've been uh, slowly but surely tuning it and tracking and balancing. And hey, old dog. I understand now um, why people, managers, look stressed out all the time if this is the sort of thing they do all the time. Uh, but uh, it's a valuable, valuable skills I'm learning here. So of of... Because it's a project management thing, right? Yeah. I don't know if I can put it on my resume. But I think... You just need to phrase it right, you know? Yeah. Managing... Man, but I mean, that's the thing. Like, managing a household is like managing other, any other team. And it's just the... Um, how do I phrase this? It's harder in some ways because it's not like you can just say to your 18-year-old kid, well, I'm very sorry, I have to put you on a personal improvement plan, and if you cannot manage to meet these milestones in three weeks, I'm going to have to let you go. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's it's, frowned uh, upon. Yeah, yeah. And is, is letting him go, in this case, sending him to live in the shack? <laughs> no. Then where would you go when you want to get away from us? I'll put up a tent. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> you can... <laughs> uh, you also, can, you don't get to go home from it. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no going home from it. I, I, I would get off my regular job, and then I'd have the other job to do. Yeah. Um, but I think you have done, you have done a good job. Uh, we're, we're, I think we're, we're mostly I'm, all. Yeah, I'm trying to get it to, to what we will call maintenance mode, where I have all, I, I have spreadsheets, people. I have spreadsheets and charts. And it is absolutely ridiculous the amount of, of effort I have put into this to make sure I know that, like, 
one person isn't getting off easy and another person is taking the bulk of the work and that it all evens out over time. And uh, Well, and the irony here, of course, is by doing this, you are the person who's taking on a larger workload. Uh, yeah, but in another like couple weeks, it should be down to the, okay, I have to update the schedule for the next month of who's doing what for the next month. Right. Right. And then it's like the web page reads off the Google doc. It practically updates itself. The um, You are also the one taking care of, we started actually inventorying our supplies yes. instead of doing the previous method, which was Ursula goes to the store and goes, I don't know. I thought we might be out of this. This is why she, we, it, 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 you misplaced my elderly dog. Your elderly dog got up and, and walked. Yeah, I, she does that. Yes. Um, it, here, hand me the food so that so that Ernie does not does go not, for yeah. it. Yeah. She said she didn't want to go upstairs, so I was going to let her eat here. Uh, and here comes Ernie now. To yes, eat. we we started inventorying our food supplies so that we didn't have me going to the grocery store going. Probably we're out of beans. Or we should get some soup, see also how we wound up with 20 cans of beans, and, and I think an equal quantity of soup. Somewhere, yeah, I've been having, like, lunches where I don't have leftovers. I've been taking, basically, a soup of some variety, dumping it into a giant bowl, draining a can, a can of beans of some type, mixing it with the soup, and then heating that up and having it. So... I also apologize for having to share a bedroom with me. I I love you very much, and I realize that having done all the shopping, this was somewhat self-inflicted. <laughs> yeah, but I yeah, so I, I also set up inventory sheets that, uh, and everybody there. There's sort of a rotation around who's doing inventory on in three categories. Like one day is just food, one day is cleaning supplies, and the other day is. Um, Medical. medical and honestly supplies. we we don't really need to do medical every week cuz it's not like that's going to right i just change. Yeah. it's just yeah we it needs to be done that that could be like point. a once every couple months thing really. yeah yeah but in this way we know what to shop for cuz the other thing <laughs> is i've i've got automation in the spreadsheet because i'm that kind of dork that will filter that builds me a thing of when are things running low Based on some stupid, simple criteria, I, I haven't decided to make it fancier. And then I can copy and paste just that list straight in. So then I can look at it and I can go, why, yes. It would appear that we only have half of a thing of sugar left. Perhaps it is time for another bag of sugar. Or we're down to, um, it. it's all the little you know, like constant churn stuff. We're not going to run out of coffee pods anytime soon. But I looked and I'm like, we have no coffee. We're almost out of coffee beans. And it was like the day before you went to shop. And we are uh, almost mm -hmm. out of sour cream. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had been stockpiling sour cream. And then it was like, we have plenty of sour cream. Yeah, we, we uh. you'd stockpiled sour cream. And it's like, we have like five tubs of the stuff. And then it turned out they like three of them were nearly empty because we'd just been grabbing them at random, and now yeah. we're like out. And uh, we use a lot of sour cream. In this yeah, house. so I mean, it's but it's it's a valuable thing in that uh, everybody sort of has ownership in the process now. 
mm-hmm. because it's not just like one person is doing it and making the decisions. Uh, everybody has some input. We know what day we're going shopping. Yep. Everybody has a chance to contribute to the list at that point. And yes, I shared the doc, and so people can update it on their own, and they don't need to hand me. Like, originally it was like, here's a sheet of paper with all of the lists. All right, I'll put it in by hand. And now it's just like, just use the Google Doc. You have access. It's fine. Um, but yeah, it's 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 been in, an interesting shift, because what was a very stressful situation turned into an actually very positive one for the long run. What and one there? that you had all the skill sets for. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you were like, I don't know what I'm gonna do, and I'm like, I got this. Yes, this is this is what I have been. Preparing this is for. my hour. Yeah, I've been preparing for this moment for the last decade. Um, and longer, then there yeah. were spreadsheets. And then there were spreadsheets. <laughs> I'm a little. I'm a little sad that I ended up using spreadsheets, but really, uh, sometimes it's just it's all about using the tool you have. Not I could have spent days finding the right tool. I almost changed to. Uh, I saw a thing called the grocery CRM, where you could put in things and and automate updates and all this other stuff. And I looked at. It, I said, No, Mm-mm. nope, nope, not going to teach somebody how to use a web tool. To do the fucking grocery lists. Also, now I'm paranoid. It might have been my day to do something, and I didn't actually do it. So let's let's wrap this soon, so I can go. You know, look at the stare thing. at the stare at the display. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and and work's been good too. Nice, challenging <laughs> thing that uh, that's been keeping me kind of occupied when I'm not distracted by oh god, I think I assigned uh, Ursula to do four things in one day. So. Yeah, there's also the load balancing of making sure somebody's not doing every single thing on one given day unless they're okay with that. Yeah, and I've had to set up special formulas at total things per week to make sure that someone like that someone isn't deviating too far from the average for that week because you know, I mean it's going to happen there will be weeks when Jacob has less than you or you have less than the rest of us or something like that. I just don't want it to be – I, I have to keep a consistent, is this person always getting more than others? Right. So to try and balance it out. It's- and, and there is a certain amount of uh, juggling as well. Like, you know, the uh, Monday was Kevin's night to cook, but it was D&D night, and I was like, why don't I take that night and I'll just go get takeout? Because – uh, on my nights to provide dinner, we get takeout. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, that's fine, because that way I could make huevos rancheros last night, which produces a whole lot of leftover rice, and fried rice tonight. Yeah. So I cooked twice this week, which is more than, you know, average, but that means that, honestly, that means we're not eating frozen pizzas from Jacob one night, and that's fine by me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway. anyway. So we are, we are trying to make things work to, you mm-hmm. know, it's... It's easier when it's uh, well. It's easier when there's not a fucking pandemic. That's just it, how it, it is. is. It is, yeah. And uh, I actually don't feel like I can share these spreadsheets because I just took them from websites and then bastardized the hell out of them. So it's not original work, and I don't. And also, you don't need to see how many times a week I sweep the downstairs. Yeah, I mean, if you're in that situation where you have like five or six people living in a house and it, it feels like there's imbalance or somebody's complaining, talk to me. I know how to set this up. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Well, you can call in, uh, right to me. We'll talk on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this week, uh, 
follow up with Reagan. I have a follow up with Reagan. A lot of fun talking to Reagan. Um, there are some neat links. Uh, there is that discussion of dealing with her mother's estate after her mother passed. So that's a little bit of a heavy, but uh, it was actually really fascinating because we, you, a couple of the discussions there, see my brain is hiccuping. A couple of the discussions we've had about end of life stuff hasn't talked about what happens after in terms of estate and planning and, and sorting all that out. And so that's something we, we talked a good chunk about and it was absolutely fascinating. And so we'll have that for you right after this. Hi, folks. I am here with another returning guest. I love everybody coming back. This has just been fantastic. Uh, it, every time it feels like, you know, old friends week, it's amazing. Uh, this week we have uh, Reagan Earl, who we haven't talked to since year one. I think it was. Is it year one? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so it's it's been uh, it's been two and a half three years. It's been uh, uh, a while, and I think you said you've you've had a lot of changes. So, yeah can can you introduce yourself and remind us what you do? Uh, hi, I'm Reagan. Um, I am the marketing coordinator coordinator for a real estate office, the same real estate office as your one, and. Cool. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I just I do the marketing for the company and sometimes teach the agents on how to use some of our tools and systems. Yeah. Now, last time, were you marketing last time or were you yes. more office? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because I, I thought you were like the, the office manager or something based on no. a lot of the duties. Okay. No, but I do wear a lot of hats. Uh, okay. Groovy. Um. So since the last time we've talked, you've had a lot of, of, of changes. And so can you talk about like what's changed and how that's impacted your productivity and maybe, you know, how you're staying productive now versus then? Uh, well, okay. So back then I would keep a very minimalistic bullet journal Oh, yeah. Write down all of my monthly tasks, all of my weekly tasks, anything that came up daily, and I would transfer them over. And I experimented with different types of like weekly spreads, daily spreads, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I listened to the episode with uh, Sarah Wendell, Smart Bitches, <laughs> Trashy Books, mm -hmm. and put that entire bullet journal into my uh, Google Calendar. Oh, nice. So everything that I had to do monthly, it's like I figured out, okay, what day is this due? And I stuck it on the calendar for the day that it was due. And then I would come in at work and print out my daily schedule and then cross stuff off. So I kind of got fed up with having to write everything over and over and over again. That's part of the reason why I put it all on the calendar. Right, right. 
Makes sense. And about a month after I did that, I tripped and broke my dominant arm. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, but wait, that if you're not writing everything down suddenly. Right. So yeah. putting everything into Google Calendar saved my sanity. <laughs> um, so writing was hard. Typing was hard. I got really good at typing left-handed. Um, luckily, it wasn't a, a major break. It was more of a crack. So I only had to wear a sling for like six weeks. I didn't even have to get a, an actual cast. I just nice. wore a splint and a sling for about six weeks. And yeah, so I lived in Google Calendar for the better part of a year or two. I can't, I, I'm not entirely sure how long. Let's see, it was April of 2018 when I broke my arm. And I want to say it's been in the last maybe six or seven months that I've uh, mm-hmm. moved all of that over to Trello. Ooh. So I moved uh, everything off of my Google Calendar onto Trello. And now I have um, a board with all of my monthly tasks on it that automatically moves them into the uh, onto my up next board. Oh, are you using up. Butler for that? I'm either using Butler or Automate. I'm not sure which. Okay. Um, then I also have a board with all of my weekly tasks that will make a copy of all the cards and put them on my up next list each week, every Monday. Cool. So I have um, an, an up next board, which is basically, you know, the stuff that's coming up next. I have a doing board, which is the stuff that I'm working on. I have a done board, which is obviously all the done stuff. And then I have a board with like, it says like waiting on someone else, you know, that kind of thing, you know, yeah, just yeah. all the other miscellaneous boards. You mean, you mean a swim lane, not a, an entire board? Uh, a list, not a board. Yes. That's yeah. Fine. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. They're all lists inside one big board. Okay. And uh, yeah. And I've, I've pretty much been using Trello now instead of that Google calendar because I got tired of printing stuff out and crossing it off. And honestly, the automation in Trello is pretty slick. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's one of the reasons why I've never used um, Habitica is because I haven't been able to get that kind of automation up and running. I'm playing with different things constantly with it. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, I've had it talk to Todoist. I've had it talk to uh, org mode, obviously, because I'm a big org mode fan. I've had it talk to um, uh, uh, to do TXT. You know, I've got scripts probably to make Habitica talk to almost everything except like one or two products Uh, and they all have their pros and cons. So, yep. And then, so, and then as, as I get tasks thrown at me throughout the, uh, throughout the day, I actually have a a little weekly planner that I write Mm -hmm. stuff down in. So like on Mondays, I have all these extra things I have to do. And I've been meeting with um, the CEO of our company. Um, We're, we're a pretty small company. We have like maybe, 10 or 15 dedicated employees and the rest are all uh, independent contractors. All of the real estate agents are independent contractors. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a CEO that's kind of overseeing all of the uh, employees. And uh, 
I've been meeting with him each week to go over what my workload is so that uh, he can help me manage my workload. Cool. So, so yeah, that's how I'm keeping myself organized. Yeah. Uh, with uh, oh. our governor giving us the stay-at-home order today, that might all get thrown out the window. Who knows? Well, no, I mean, that at least is the nice thing about the Trello stuff. Yeah. Right? Is, okay, well, just, I can do that from home. Anything, yep. yeah, if if it requires you to physically go in the office and change out, like, the coffee filter, well, that's a different problem. And yeah. you probably shouldn't be changing out the coffee filter anyway. No. Make the CEO do that shit. Well, and at the very least, um, I'll probably have to go in to um, get a couple of pieces of paperwork, like um, Mm -hmm. some press releases for our agents that I've printed out and that kind of thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, obviously, this changed in some ways your your systems and your habits as well, Mm -hmm. going from writing and writing and crossing off to... Um, you know, the automation and putting it on the boards and what, so what habits changed and how uh, did that happen? Um, I mean, I know how that happened, but what habits changed? What do you think you, you like? Yeah. What habits changed? Well, for one thing, having it all on a Trello board, it's, it's more in my face than mm-hmm. in, in a bullet journal because occasionally I would close the bullet journal just to get it out of the way. Uh, yeah. And then, and then it's like, oh, crap, I had to do that task. Whereas with Trello, it's all open in front of my face, and it's like, okay, what's the next thing I have to do? Um, mm-hmm. It's helped me streamline things a little better, you know, figuring out, one of your questions is, is how do I know, how do I decide what to do first? Well, yeah, Trello's yeah. helped me streamline that. It's like, okay, how old is the card mm-hmm. on the list? You know, does it have a due date on it? Um, so, I mean, I do occasionally get a couple of deadlines here and there. Um, and it's just a matter of, you know, what fire needs to be put out first sometimes too. Yeah. And it, it Trello's helped me manage that and being able to rearrange the cards. I mean, you can't really rearrange a bunch of notes on a sheet of paper without having to rewrite the whole sheet of paper. Oh, uh, very true. Very yeah. true. So that that's pretty much, you know, what's changed habit wise. Any new habits come in? Um, I can't really think of any. then then how about have you found things that uh, and you're having these regular reviews with your boss now Mm -hmm. um are you finding things that maybe is it easier to identify things that aren't necessary or that maybe someone else should be taking on that you shouldn't be doing yeah but we are uh finding a few things like that um our company hired someone to handle our social media and Mm -hmm. I would still get the emails of like, Hey, can you put this on our Facebook and post it over here and here and here? And it's like, well, we hired somebody for that. Why are we having me do it? So then when I review that with my CFO or with, yeah, with our CFO, Mm -hmm. he's or not CEO, CFO. um, He's just like, okay, well I'll ask, you know, why is Reagan doing this? If we hired this guy to do it, you know, that kind of thing. Um, of course with everything going on in the world right now, uh, we had to lay off that 
social media guy. So now it's back on my, my lap. Yeah. But you know, I, I did it for like, I want to say the last six years. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So have you built any automation for that? Um, I use Hootsuite to schedule all of our social media posts. Okay. And so one of the tasks that I used to do monthly was around about the last week of the month, I would schedule out all of the social media posts for the next month. I would, uh, you know, depending on, I mean, and my social media schedule, it changed, it fluctuated where I was either posting something once a day, mm-hmm. you know, Monday through Friday, or maybe posting three times a week, that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, so I would just, I, and I actually had a little physical, um, our, uh, IRA financial planner lady would, um, give everybody, all of her clients a little calendar. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, the little one year calendar thing. And I would use that to figure out, you know, what I'm posting on what day, what holidays are coming up, that kind of thing. So I've, I've fallen back onto that. Um, now that it's now that the social media stuff is my responsibility again. Have you, have you thought about maybe making that its own sort of Google calendar? Um, I did at one time back when I had everything on the Google calendar. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Um, but then I just moved it to paper. Um, it, it, it helped me visually to see it drawn out on paper. Right. Right. Just seeing it on a Google calendar with, I manage like four other people's calendars. Oh, okay. As well as the education calendar for the company, the general, general calendar for the company. Mm-hmm. So I, I manage a lot of calendars and <laughs> that social media stuff was getting lost. So I just put it down on paper. Oh yeah. This is the social media Bible right here. Well, at least the social media book. So yeah. 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 So that's a new habit that I'm going to have mm-hmm. to have to redevelop. Just remember 21 days. Yes. 21 days. Yes. Um, um, another, another, in theory. another habit that uh, actually that it has been pretty valuable that I've uh, mm-hmm. developed a new habit is um, I'm seeing a therapist. Ooh. And um, I was seeing her every two weeks. Mm-hmm. And now that I have our CFO as kind of like a, an extra level of support in that mm-hmm. arena, she's graduated me to like once every three weeks. And uh, she can also do, um, what is it? Teletherapy, something yeah. like that, you know, you know, over the phone, you know, mm-hmm. FaceTime, whatever this, this kind of like zoom call therapy session. Yeah. Yeah. Which I haven't had to do with her yet. Yeah. I was uh, actually, I got an email from uh, Michelle uh, Wexelblot. And she was talking about how they're transitioning all of that over in Massachusetts, or at least for her section of Massachusetts, mm-hmm. yeah. because they have to, you know, it's, it's uh, a big shift for everybody right now. Yeah. Oh, and another habit that I've picked up mm-hmm. is um, the episode that you had with the person that was talking about end of life care. Yes. She mentioned a couple of apps. She mentioned clue and Dalio. Mm-hmm. Um, I was struck. My therapist wanted me to journal what I was feeling throughout the day when I was getting stressed, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I was struggling with stopping and actually writing down what I was feeling. And when she met, when your uh, guest mentioned Dalio, 
Mm-hmm. I, I looked into it and I've been journaling a lot more with Dalio now. Dalio now. I think I've like, it gives you little achievements and stuff. And I think I've logged like 51 entries at this point. <laughs> so, it's, a, it's that dopamine hit, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, you've, you, you've logged 51 entries. So like when I'm feeling stressed, I'll actually stop for a minute, pull up that mm-hmm. app and start typing in, okay, here's what I'm feeling. Here's, here's my physical response to it. That kind of thing. Because part of what I'm doing with my therapist is uh, trying to determine what I'm feeling when I'm feeling, cause I have a hard time identifying emotions. Okay. So that's been helpful. That's, that's actually, yeah, that's, that's really, really good. Um, so anything else? Uh, on the habits front? No. Yeah. Okay. And you've already answered the question of how do you decide what to do on a given day? It's right there in your Trello board. Yes. Which is uh, absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said you're automating it with either either Butler or Automate. Um, yeah, I think it's like automate.io or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. Um, I think I had some stuff with Zapier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, if this, then that finally added support, which has been great. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I actually, I have one of those, uh, Google home assistant doohickeys and mm-hmm. uh, I tell it to add stuff to my shopping list and it sticks it on a personal Trello board. There you board. go. Yeah. 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 The, the whole voice assistant thing is, is, uh, once you integrate it with some of the automation tools, it becomes a level up. Yeah. Uh, sort of thing, you know, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, force multiplier, I think is what they call it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at least that's what they call it in the military. Okay. So, you know, here's, uh, um, you've only got three guys, but you've given them rocket launchers. The rocket launchers are force multipliers. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I first heard that from, from Howard Taylor and Schlock mercenary. So, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that brings us to, advice um okay uh let's see for those for those of you who may be first-time listeners the the uh, question is what is the best advice you've been given or would give someone else all right so we're going to kind of go off of the productivity topic here i have advice for anyone well basically everyone and this kind of ties into the episode with the end of life care yeah My mother passed away in August of 2018, and I was the executor of her estate. And since she was not married at the time, a lot of her stuff went into probate. Ooh. Um, Her house went into probate. Her cars went into probate. And basically, I had two options. I could just wash my hands of of, of all of her debt. Mm-hmm. and just walk away or I could manage her estate and try to save some of her assets because I discovered she had $17,000 in credit card debt. Oh yeah. And she, she had been battling cancer since 2013. I think she had uh, her, she had breast cancer and it had metastasized. And in August, chemo was no longer an option for her. Mm, mm -hmm. And she ended up passing away because of it. 
Um, so my advice would be for everybody, contact an estate lawyer and find out what the laws are in your state. Because in the state of Colorado, if she was married, all of her assets would have gone to her spouse. Right. Before they would gone to her heirs. And mm -hmm. even though Bryce and I were her heirs and she was single, um, even though she had named us in the will, you know, named us 50, 50 in the will, there were certain things that uh, had to go into probate because of um, I'm not entirely clear on everything, but uh, she did not have a beneficiary deed on the house. Uh, okay. So the house went into probate. Mm -hmm. um, luckily she had named us as beneficiaries on her retirement. So, okay the uh, government wasn't allowed to touch any of that. And her creditors are not allowed to touch any of that because it went straight to us. Mm -hmm. Her vehicles, um, if we had sold the vehicles, um, the money from the proceeds would have, would have have to gone, gone into the, uh, the estate account and right. her creditors could make a claim against it. And the reason why I did not wash my hands of the entire affair and just walk away was because mm -hmm. she had an RV and my brother was living in it. Uh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> she, uh, she had uh, a vehicle that was better than his vehicle and I wanted him to have that vehicle. Mm -hmm. Plus we had a little bitty Johnny boat that we would go fishing in. And these are these are all like important things, right? These are these are things that are 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 meaningful both to you and your brother. Well, and the boat was meaningful to us, but mainly I wanted to make sure that he had a vehicle that he could depend upon mm -hmm. and somewhere to live if mm -hmm. he had to, you know, if because well, I mean, he was living with mom at the time. Okay. He had a little cottage in her backyard. And he was living in her cottage and he was living rent free and uh, he does carpet for a living. And when the government shut down, he was mm -hmm. out of work for several months. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, so he was living in that RV and that RV was actually, I'm in Colorado Springs. Uh, she was in Colorado Springs. The RV was down in Levita, Colorado where the rest, where his brothers live. Okay. And so luckily he didn't have to worry about driving it around on expired plates or anything. So yeah, yeah. all of her vehicles, the pro the, the value of the vehicles were in the estate account. Mm -hmm. So according to Colorado law, um, we had to give known creditors 60 day notice mm -hmm. to, make, to make a claim against the estate. Yep. We had to give unknown creditors four months notice to make a claim against the estate. Yeah. All the public notice stuff you see in the paper, right? Yes. That's yep. the reason why that public notice stuff is in the paper is to let mm -hmm. any unknown creditors come forward and say, Hey, uh, she owes us money. Yep. I was lucky enough that I knew an estate lawyer from my time uh, joining a net, uh, BNI networking group from mm -hmm. a previous job. So I've known this guy since 2013, no, 2012. And yeah. so I called him up and when I, when I realized that, I mean, the sheer volume of what I was going to have to deal with, I called him up and said, you know, I said, Ethan, I need help. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he coached me on everything that I had to do. 
and he told me, you know, what I was responsible for, what I was not responsible for. Um, he told me to keep track of all of the time that I was spending on the estate because I could uh, reimburse myself for that time. Oh yeah. Any legal fees that I had to pay out of pocket, I can reimburse myself for that. All of that stuff. Um, one of the things I did when I, when I discovered she had $17,000 in credit card debt is I went through her wallet, found all of her credit cards. And amazingly enough, she had the forethought of writing down every single one of her account usernames and passwords. Okay. There's positive and negative to that. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was able to log into all of her accounts. I had access to her email in case I needed to reset passwords, all of mm -hmm. that stuff. So in most cases, I would say I was lucky that I had access to all that stuff. Right. Um, other people may not be so lucky because, you know, their, their loved ones are in another state. Their loved ones may not even be in a good enough mental state for that kind of thing. So my advice would be find an estate lawyer to find mm -hmm. out what's, what's in your laws. Um, name beneficiaries on all of your bank accounts, pay on oh, yeah. clauses, all of that stuff. Um, try to get, if you're single, try to put someone else's name on the titles of your vehicles. If that's an option. If that's an option. Yeah. Um, if you're married, you know, in the state of Colorado, if you're married, everything goes to the spouse. Mm -hmm. Um, try and figure out what bank accounts your loved ones have to try yep. and figure out, you know, how to manage all that stuff. Um, we ended up having to sell her house mm -hmm. simply because Bryce and I both couldn't uh, couldn't afford the mortgage payment on it. And honestly, living in that house would have just been weird because it wasn't a house that we grew up in. Right, 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 so right. That and on top of that, I mean, it, it was so old. It was only a matter of time before the fireplace fell off. <laughs> so, um. You're going to have to file taxes for the, de for the deceased person. Oh yeah. You're going to have to file taxes for the estate. Mm -hmm. So your estate lawyer, if you, you know, when you hire one may, may have some connections on that. Um, I don't know if there's anything else that I'm missing. I mean, one of the things I did was, is I printed out uh, the, the bundle of paperwork that I gave the estate lawyer was is mm -hmm. I, printed out the balances of all of her bank accounts right? and taped her credit cards to those in, to those sheets mm -hmm. um, so that he could actually get a pretty good idea of how much debt was owed as opposed to how much, how much we had in assets. Right. 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 Now, right, right, right. So, and Luckily, another thing that he told us too was, is uh, we can negotiate with the creditors to pay like 10 cents on the dollar off of whatever balances we, we may have. Oh yeah. And one of the, one of the loans that she had an $11,000 prosper.com loan. And when we sent them the notice to the creditor, they never responded. And it turned out they had sold that debt to a credit collection agency who was notifying me after the deadline had passed. Oh dear. How terrible. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. they were, they were SOL. Um, I had all of her mail forwarded to my house. I still get some of her mail and I still get, you know, uh, collection notices from 
two of her credit cards simply because, and, and I, I'm, and honestly, I'm not obligated to do anything with it. They just, they just get pitched in the trash because after all of, um, during the 60 day period where we were telling the creditors, they had time to make a claim. Mm-hmm. We, uh, once the claims came in, we gave them another 60 days to, to accept what we were going to pay them. Right. So, you know, we could either negotiate down some of the claims or, you know, I, I mean, a lot of the, the people that, you know, actually gave claims, the, the amounts weren't, weren't very much anyway. So I, I just said to heck with it. Let's go ahead and pay it. There's no point in fighting over it. Yeah. 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 So 120 days after all of this, you know, we were able to, you know, all the creditors and stuff, some weird stuff would come in and I would just email him and say, Hey, do I need to worry about this? And he would say, no. And then he said, I had to wait um, a year after the estate was open before we could close it. And we had two different types of closings. We had an informal and a formal closing. Mm-hmm. An informal closing meant that uh, creditors could still try and make claims that I would right. have to worry about. A formal closing meant they were shit out of luck and there's nothing that they can do about it. Yep. the formal closing was more expensive. And I told him, you know what? It's worth it. I am done with this. <laughs> we've, so, we've, we've, this is the limit. Their time is up. And sure, I will pay the extra money to say, up all y'alls. Yes, pretty much. Yeah. So that's the advice that I have for mm-hmm. your listeners. And, uh, you know, before we went to Tibet last year, uh, it was about this time last year. It's a, I think mm-hmm. all, like right around this time a year ago. Uh, yeah. We we went in and finally did the at least the here are our wills. Here's the disposition of assets and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. As as we get, I mean, we're married, so it's a little easier. And I know yeah. as I've been filling out paperwork, I've been putting beneficiaries on things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, either my kids or my wife. Yeah. You know, depending. Uh, and so that it's all, you know, I've been trying to keep up with that, but it is something that maybe uh, as I get older, I need to start looking at a lot more frequently. And yeah. Ursula probably does too. I would definitely, you know, um, you know, once you get to your fifties and sixties, I would start reviewing it like maybe once every two or three years, you know, especially as <laughs> medical situations come up. Um, you realize that's next year, right? <laughs> <laughs> next year's well, the big five oh for me so <laughs> well in your case you could probably wait till 60 i don't know i mean you see you seem reasonably healthy you know uh but in cases like you know with yeah. mom she she was first diagnosed with breast can- breast cancer in 20 2011 and she yeah. was 60 65 when she died yeah no um, my my grandmother um was declared in remission twice before it came back for the third time. And that's the one that got her. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, let me make sure I put that. Okay, good. I have that warning on there already. Yeah. (laughs) warning. Yeah. Um, Power of attorney is important. Oh yeah. Um, There's uh, in Colorado, there's two different kinds. You've got a medical power of Mm -hmm. attorney and then a fine. I think he called it, I don't know. It's a financial power, power of attorney where, you know, one, you can make medical decisions on their behalf. And the other one, you can make financial decisions on their behalf. Yeah. Um, That's fairly says, standard. Yeah. He says a power of attorney is better than a living will. 
mm-hmm. because a living will doesn't really specify certain things. And you could get messed up in legal loopholes with living wills. So definitely go the power of attorney route. Yeah. Or have both. Right. Well, and, and well, and there's a difference between a will and a mm-hmm. living will. Yes. You know, so. Honestly, yeah, don't think I, one I, is better than the other because they have two different purposes. Talk to your lawyer. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, I wouldn't recommend a living will anyway. Mm. So that's the advice I have. Yes. Uh, Sorry, it's a little heavy, but. I, no, I, I think, I think under the current circumstances, under, um, I mean, I'm getting older. My parents are certainly getting older. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's important to start thinking about these things because otherwise I'm going to leave a big mess for my kids to deal with. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Uh, or I'm going to leave a big mess for, you know, my sister to deal with, right. uh, which I certainly don't want to do uh, because she might raise me from the dead just to kill me again. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, and, and Bryce and I are lucky that we have the kind of relationship where it was like, he would tell me, he goes, you, you take whatever you need out of the estate. I don't care. And I'm like, well, you take, I'm going to give you whatever you needed out of the estate. I don't care. <laughs> you know? And he's like, well, do you want the RV? I'm like, no, you're living in it. It's yours. Basically. Yeah. I wanted to make sure I signed over all of the vehicles to him. He even owns the boat now, even though it's parked out back. Yeah. But so, you know, so we, we had a pretty good relationship. Um, I think my lawyer was a little surprised at how quickly we closed the estate because estates have been known to be open for years because families are either fighting or they're just not in a hurry to do anything with it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm done. I want this off of my plate. This is too stressful for me to handle. Yeah. There there are only so many hours in a day and I want to deal with, with other things. Well, and on top of that, my emotional state was I did not take time to grieve during that entire time. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, so I suppressed a lot of stuff and it nearly got me fired. Oh yeah. (laughs) So. Oh yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. Um, and I, I think that's, that's uh, something we're talking about. You can put those emotions on hold. I have put those emotions Mm -hmm. on hold. It's not, it's, it's healthy to put it on hold for a short amount of time so that you can deal with the situation and then, and finish it it's not healthy to have them on hold for a year or two right? while you're clearing this stuff out. You have to take that time mm-hmm. to, to flush some of that out or at least to, to start adapting and dealing with it. Yeah. Um, and is that what I'm going to ask the question? Is that mm-hmm. what precipitated the therapist? Yes. So I started, um, I, my grief settled in to a constant level of anger and irritation. Mm-hmm. I mean, constant. I was angry all the time and it affected my job mm-hmm. and I got written up twice because of it, just because of the way I was reacting to people. And I started seeing a therapist. The, I had a, uh, when I got the verbal warning, that's when it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I need, I need to seek therapy. I need, I need to get a handle on this. Right. And, um, Apparently I wasn't getting enough handle on it in the beginning <laughs> because I was doing fine. And then like a month later I got written up and then like two or three weeks after that, I got written up again. 
But at that point, that's when our CFO, Danny, was in his position. Mm -hmm. And he started working with me on a weekly basis. So I meet with him twice a week. I meet him in the beginning of the week to go over my workload. Right. And then I meet, meet with him on, <clears throat> excuse me, on Fridays to talk about what troubles I'm encountering. Uh, he gives me, you know, opportunities to work on. He gives me kudos, that kind of stuff. And that level of interaction with an employer, I have never had with any other job I've ever had. And yeah. I think that's the reason why my therapist graduated me to once every three weeks because of his extra level of support. And mm -hmm. lately, the past couple of weeks, I mean, he's had the terrible job of having to furlough people. Yeah. And I've been checking in with him. Hey, are you okay? Because he and I, we kind of have the same problems with anxiety and stuff. So we can mm -hmm. kind of identify it in each other. So I've been checking in with him. He's been checking in with me and we've, we've kind of been supporting each other. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, 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 it's good when you have that. I, I have a, a weekly one-on-one -on -one with my manager. He's in New Zealand mm -hmm. and uh, he's been very supportive. Like he was like, look, if I understand it's stressful, if you need to take time to deal with things, here's what we've got set up. It is automatically approved mm -hmm. for this particular purpose, uh, specifically for the, the pandemic. Um, this is how much you've got. Use it if you need it. And I'm like, oh, I, I'm not going to be shy about that. Yeah. Um, and that's, it's really nice to have an employer that's supportive like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know. uh, my therapist also gave me the rec uh, recommendation of um, an audiobook, The Power of Vulnerability by Brene Brown. Okay. It's uh, B R E N E Brown. Um, it's not necessarily a book book. It's more like a, a six hour recording of a presentation that she did. So more and, like a Ted talk. Yeah, she, well, she has done a Ted talk on mm -hmm. it. Um, but it's like a six hour version of her Ted talk and it opened up a lot. Uh, it, it opened my eyes to a lot of like what I was dealing with and how I was dealing with it. Mm -hmm. Um, she has identified two forms of anxiety. Um, she calls it over-functioning anxiety and under-functioning anxiety. Okay. And I realized I'm the over-functioning anxiety part. I start feeling anxiety. I start saying, you know, I start thinking, okay, well, it's not going to get done right unless I do it. You know, let me do this. Let me do this. Let mm -hmm. me take control. Let me take so much control that I eventually snap. Yeah. And uh, I'm familiar with that. Yeah. <laughs> And so is my CFO because he does the same thing. <laughs> so, yep. And and I guess the underfunction anxiety is like uh, you just shut down. Yeah. Yeah, you just shut down and you can't can't deal. So two different extremes. And neither of them is healthy. No. All right. Uh wow, that's that was a heavy one, but I love it. I'm loving it. Really important stuff. Yeah. Um, and also I, I, I will say, I mean, I already said this when we were, we were setting this up. Um, uh, I got to meet your mom at Bubonicon that year and mm -hmm. she was absolutely lovely. And, you know, uh, we were very, very moved by your loss, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm terrible at this sort of thing, to be honest. That, so. That's okay. Because in a way I'm kind of tired of hearing it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry for you. You know, and I, I, that, that's something I thought about. It's like, yeah, people would ask me, how's your day going? And it's like, well, 
my day's going horrible because my mom died last week, but you don't know her. And if I tell you that, I'm just going to make your day bad. So I'm just going to say, I'm fine. How are you? Yeah. Uh, 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 one of my, my favorites is, uh, uh, hanging in there. Yeah. Hanging in there. Yeah. Um, how's it going? Oh, it's going. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That, that nice, a nice neutral, not pot could be interpreted positive, could be interpreted negative. Yeah. So, and most people just like, we're just going to walk away from that one. Don't want to mm-hmm. dig. Could be a problem. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, that brings us to the last two questions. Okay. Uh, so let's talk about missing goals or as it is commonly called failure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so how do you deal with uh, now? Uh, how do you deal mm-hmm. with uh, either missing a goal or, or, or having something that, that didn't go right or, you know, the big failure itself. Right. So before I started seeing a therapist, mm-hmm. um, I would just get really angry and frustrated and just internalize it all. Okay. And while I was doing that, I would try and identify what was wrong and then try and figure out how to, how to make sure it never happened again. Right. Because some of the people in my organization are obsessed with perfection and perfection is not a thing. Uh, nope. Now that I'm seeing a therapist, I'm looking at, uh, I'm actually looking back at situations and I'm looking at how could I have controlled the situation? Mm-hmm. If I couldn't have controlled the situation, how could I have influenced the situation? Mm-hmm. And then how did I adapt to the situation? So for example, mm-hmm. Um, we had a, uh, we're doing company wide huddles now where the management team is getting on a zoom call and anybody in the company is allowed to log into that zoom call and Mm -hmm. just talk about what's going on in the industry, in the real estate industry. Okay. How they're handling home showings and that kind of stuff with, you know, the social distancing. And the first call that we had we dropped the connection a couple of times. We were doing it over GoToWebinar. Mm-hmm. And luckily I picked up the connection uh, without it actually killing the call. And then right. I realized, oh, I'm on the Wi-Fi. I need to be hard, hardwired in. Yeah. So that was how I could control the situation. And even though my brain would have been like, oh, crap, I'm screwing up. I need to fix it. Everybody else thought it ran great. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh. So I was figuring out, you know, how I can control it, how do I, how can I influence it, and how can I adapt it? Well, my adaption was, okay, go grab the uh, Ethernet cable and plug it into the stupid laptop. <laughs> this is going to sound ridiculous, but uh, the the biggest problem I had, we had originally scheduled this for, what, four days ago, five days ago? Yeah, sometime last week. Last and, Friday, I think it was. Yeah, and I was having all kinds of network problems. And I thought maybe it was, uh, you know, my kid's streaming because he's he's doing big scre- streaming projects. Or I thought maybe there was a big download happening or something like that. It turns out that the USB hub that I used or docking station that I used with my Mac was failing. It was literally falling apart. And I'm like, well, I'll just plug in the Ethernet cable and that'll give me a nice stable connection if it's the Wi-Fi. No, because the Ethernet connection is through the USB docking station, which is busy shitting itself. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like... That wasn't going to fix anything. No. And I'm like, I was frustrated. I was just like, 
and, and everything turned out fine in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, found the problem. I have spare parts for travel. So I'm just like, well, I'll just toss that. And it, it served me for a good two, three years. That's fine. Uh, and I'll replace it with another, with a different one. Right. Yep. Uh, so, but yeah, no, I, I, I completely understand the, it'll be better on, it'll be better if I'm hardwired than Wi-Fi. No, actually I have the opposite problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, you're right. It it comes down to how can I adapt to the situation? If I can't control yeah. it, can I adapt to it? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Anything that else? Helps a lot. Yeah. For failure? No, that's, that's okay. pretty much it. Nice. Now for the really, the most difficult question of all. <laughs> Everybody tells me this is often, this and the advice are the most difficult questions of all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is, do you celebrate your successes? And if so, how? Um, I'm starting to. Okay. Now that, I, now that I'm seeking therapy, I'm starting to celebrate my successes more often by Yay. buying stuff. Well. <laughs> hey, if it works. Yeah, is so, it good stuff? Well, I mean, uh, you can see on my bookcase behind me, I have little Legos. Right on. So I've been playing with Legos again. Um, I've been burying myself in Animal Crossing. <laughs> I think everybody but me is burying. Uh, Shepard and, and myself are the only two people in the house who don't, I think, play Animal Crossing. Yeah. Maybe it's, Jacob, but he's got League and Pokemon and all that stuff. So, yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's a very good distraction. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I purchased was this Field Notes book, and you're going to love this. It mm-hmm. is a... 64 page fifth edition character journal. Oh, you've got one of the D and D field notes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's got a lot of fun stuff in it. Those are wicked cool. Yeah. 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 So I bought a bunch of those for my D and D group. Um, Right on. Yeah. Um, Of course, many of them don't want to use it until we start a new campaign because they want to start a fresh brand new (laughs) character. in these. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so what are you doing with social distancing for the campaign now? Well, we've always played on Roll Twenty. Oh, um, okay. Because one of our players is in Texas. Mm-hmm. My brother, he's in the campaign, so he uh, he'll either be from his apartment up here in the Springs or down in La Vida, depending on you know what's going on. Yeah. Um, my husband's in the room with me, so it's it's really just the four of us. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah because we've got uh, two players um, in Evergreen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got, uh, one in North Raleigh, one in Holly Springs. Um, and I guess now there are three of us in the house because Liz is here for the duration of the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, And so that's Liz, Ursula and myself. And I'm trying to think, Mm uh, okay. Natasha and Tango in Evergreen in Colorado. Mm -hmm. Um, Jen Corgi. Yeah. That's everybody. So, Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so we've been playing. We, I mean, we've been playing on Roll Twenty for almost two years now, mm-hmm. simply because one of our players is in Texas, and yeah. uh, we've we've tried the Roll Twenty, you know, chat interface, and it sucks. We've tried Discord, and it's a memory hog. And finally, we settled on Zoom, and it's been working great. Okay, yeah, I've been I've been I've been curious about that. We were using. I have a TeamSpeak server. Mm-hmm. And there's the enforced like every two or three months. There's a okay, it's time to update, and it always breaks at least one person. 
So uh, Zoom has been very stable. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a few uh, D&D streamers like um, Roll20 has uh, Adam Coble as a DM and re- or GM in residence. He does everything through Zoom. Okay. Um, it's been incredibly stable for Yeah, for no, D&D I mean campaigns. We, we use it for work all the time. It is, yeah. uh, even before all of this, this it is our, our primary means of communication other than Slack and email. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is not uncommon for me to be talking to someone and say, you know, you want to hop on a quick Zoom or uh, an incident has rolled up. Let's all get in the Zoom channel and fix things. And then, okay, so no, it's an amazing service. Uh, yeah. Just, I yeah, think so I need I mean, a pro account to support all of our for the like time period we're doing the, yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, you know, the free one, you only get 40 minutes. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm paying $15 a month for the pro account. Okay. That's that's actually not that bad. No, Uh, it's it's pretty good. I have to compare it to my team speak server. Yeah. Um, Um, Oh, and I've been uh, keeping my campaign notes on Trello as well. Oh yeah. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Hey, I'm using it for work. Might as well use it for D and D too. Yep. Well, they are in this encounter right now. Let me move that to the doing. Yep. And then, well, I, uh, well, and I'm not really moving stuff around. I have like a list for all of the NPCs they encounter. I have a list with the characters with some of the relevant notes that I need to keep. I okay. have a list of um, plot points. I have a list of just general notes, that kind of stuff. So I don't really move things around much on that Trello board. Right. Right. But, um, it's it's been pretty handy to reference because it's like if I'm, you know, running the game from downstairs as opposed to my upstairs computer, I can just pull it up on my phone and be like, okay, this is what I need. Yeah, and that's why I like Roll Twenty. It's like, well, if my normal laptop dies, I can just grab a different one. Yep. And yep. Uh, have almost everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, groovy, cool. Yes. Um, anything else for the lovely people who are listening? Um, stay safe. Absolutely. Wash your damn hands. Mm. Um, that's pretty much it. Uh, do you have uh, online presence you are willing to share? Yes. Um, I have a Twitter. Mm. I am at Reagan Earl on Twitter. Yes, um, you I are. Have, I have an Instagram. Reagan Earl is the username. Yes, you do. Um, I believe, uh, I believe we are mutuals on both services. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those are the only two that I'm really on the most. I mean, I'm on Facebook, but whatever, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how Mastodon works. It's not that different than Twitter. When you're actually using it, there's just some quirks when you're, trying to follow other people. It's, yeah. It's the whole instances thing that kind of confuses yeah. the hell out of me, but whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nodes, instances, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Uh, well, it's been absolutely fantastic catching up and, yes. uh, you know, if, when you're ready for the next round, you know where to find us. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, now you have the current secret schedule link. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, Keep that one to yourself. And uh, for the people at home, we'll be right back after this.
And I just discovered I didn't look at the chart today, and I have been neglecting my kitchen duties. It's fine. You know that I can't leave a sink with dishes in it and cook, or not clean up after myself when I cook. Well, so. yes, but but the thing is that you shouldn't have had to make that choice because <laughs> I should have been on it because it was my job, and instead I was out gallivanting around with sacks of seeds and whatnot. Yeah, by keeping it up daily the way we are, though, it's a lot easier than mm-hmm, yeah. than before. All right. Um, I also, wanna... The ADD does fall into, uh, <laughs> I will forget, I can't look at a thing and know I have to do it tomorrow. Uh, I will yeah. have to check it about four times before it will process. So, yeah. Yes. Anyway, uh, fantastic conversation. Thank you, Reagan, for coming back. And oh, yeah. Sorry, for, Reagan. For talking Didn't mean to derail that. With us. Uh, it was absolutely fantastic to, to talk with you again. And uh, good luck on that, that 5e campaign. I'm still very jealous of those Traveler's Notebooks. <laughs> um, so, our badge this week. I don't know if you're going to appreciate this badge code, the badge code but in, in honor of Reagan moving off of it, uh, our code this week is no mo bu jo. N o m o b u j o. It no was a cult. Bujo. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! Now now Reagan uses Trello. So in the other cult, the Kanban. Cult. Also a cult. Yeah, kinda. Anyway, go to productivityalchemy.com. Uh, there's a whole badge how to. There's a place to enter the badge codes, and uh, it'll it will hook you up. And it's exciting. And uh, at the same place, if you feel the urge to give us money, you can. But uh, there are links there. But as we have been saying increasingly lately, this is a great time to give to food banks. Absolutely. They uh, they could use a lot of help. Uh, Because I just made a huge seed purchase, I will not turn down money (laughs) to Patreon and whatnot. But frankly, uh, that's that's my weird-ass hobby – Eating is everybody's weird-ass hobby, so really, the food banks could use the help. Yeah, they they really could. Um, and so, I mean, even my coffee habit, uh, I, I can deal with out an extra cup or three uh, from Kofi to deal with. Yeah, yeah we, we take care of all the people who need it before we start dabbling in luxury items, you know. Yeah, because I'm going to buy coffee whether whether <laughs> you donate to it or not. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd rather it go somewhere where it can be a little more impactful than keeping me awake since 1987. Not consecutively. <laughs> not consecutively. Anyway, so that's it from us this week. Uh, Kevin was not born in 1987. Incidentally, that would be when he turned 18. No. 17. Keep going. You were born in 71. Yes. 16. Yes. Math is a thing that I, the only class I failed in uh, middle school, high school, (laughs) college. No, wait, I pulled a D in uh, uh, physics for non-majors. So anyway, yeah, no, I've, I've been drinking coffee in many different incarnations for a very long time. Yes. So we're not. I'm not. I'm not going to run short anytime soon. Well, believe me, keeping him in coffee is uh, is a major priority of uh, of mine. So yes. Also, and, Penguin just paid me a bunch of royalties yeah. for Dragon Breath. So and I'm actually, fine. when I said to the UPS dude, I'm like, uh, 
early on in this, I'm like, oh, good, my coffee's here. I'm like, you know, six feet and all that. He's like, don't worry, I will make sure you get your coffee safe. <laughs> it's like he prioritized. He, I love our UPS guy. So there's all that, folks. Um, I hope you're having at least a manageable pandemic. If you are one of the many people who actually uh, has to work outside, uh, nurses, doctors, essential workers who are not getting paid nearly enough for this shit. Yes, um, you have my utmost respect and sympathy. Sympathy and God, they should be paying you more. So much more. Um, and for the rest of you, uh, whether you are still working. Uh, working from home, or you find yourself in an unexpected furlough, do your best to stay productive. And if you can't, hey, nobody's going to judge you. Not really, no. 